Hello, and welcome back to this episode of the Peak Results Academy podcast. I'm your host, Rich Fournier, and in this episode, I sit down with veteran agent John Farrell from Rome County, New York. Now, John has had an incredible career selling over 4,000 properties, running a real estate brokerage, and holding the title of his market's top producer for over 25 years. And in this episode, John shares how the market has changed over the years, but how the need for consistency has remained the same in whatever strategy you employ to generate business. He shares his pillars of success that anyone can use to get started in real estate and three must-read books that will set you on the path to business mastery. So stay tuned and hopefully you will enjoy this awesome episode. Have you ever wondered why some people thrive in all areas of their life? Welcome to the Peak Results Academy podcast with your host, Rich Fournier. Each week, we interview industry experts who consistently dominate in the fields of health, business, and beyond. Our mission is to share their personal struggles and strategies so that you can create your own peak results. Hello, everybody. Rich Fournier here for the Peak Results Academy podcast. I'm your host, and I'm super excited to have an American friend with us today, uh, John Farrell from Exit Realty in uh, up in northern New York State. Is that correct? Southern, southern tier of New York, Vestal, New York, Broome County. Broome County. That's right great. On, right on the bottom of the state, just before the foot begins to tip down towards New York. South right. of Syracuse. Well, you've had a hell of a career, my friend. Let's talk about that a little bit, man. Almost over, almost 4,000 sides closed in your career. You've been in real estate since 1984. And you're the master franchise. Um, Used to be. You're not anymore for exit. Okay. Yeah, 2011. Are you? So, like, let's, let's get started here. I mean, very few people ever make it past five years. Never mind since 1984 doing over almost 4,000 transactions personally. It's a hell of a career. How did you do it? You must have done a magic book. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I grew up in a little town called Olean, New York, which is south of Buffalo, yeah. right on the southern tier line, and uh, went to Ithaca College for music composition. And while I was there, I put myself through school by operating a band, a, you know, a wedding band, a uh, tavern group and uh, after the graduation I went on to uh, run that uh, entertainment business till 1984 when I uh, decided to become a real estate broker rather than a guitar player because uh, you could see the demise of the music business and we certainly are glad that we did change careers. So in 1984 I started as a real estate salesperson with a little guy, one a guy who'd only been in the real estate market for oh, a couple of years. He was a friend of mine. And then uh, worked there for, oh, maybe three years and then started my own one-man brokerage and then went on to join a, a group brokerage. Eight brokers got together to be a big group and then went on to Century 21. And then 2002, I discovered the exit formula. So I... Uh, teamed up with Tammy Bunnell at Exit Realty, and I bought the Upstate New York Master Franchise. So in addition to selling 100 houses a year plus, I ran the Upstate New York region until 2011. And after that, I just focused on operating our own brokerage and partnering up with my son, Bob, 
who now is the primary broker of the company. I tell everybody, uh, Bob used to be my son, now I'm Bob's dad. <laughs> so I'm still uh, selling about 150 houses a year, just having a lot of fun showing houses and helping people make their life better. You know, I'm still trying to understand the number of transactions, you know, that I see that occurs, say, for example, in the U.S. We're here in Toronto, Canada. Um, and this podcast does interview the top 1% of agents across the country in the United States and Canada. And some of these, some of you guys are just performing at, at obscene levels, over 150 deals a year. Individually, I'm not sure how someone has the time to be able to operate in that capacity. So maybe you can share with us a little bit, but how do you generate that much business? Well, you do it one day at a time. I tell the agents that I coach, you know, your real estate career is like uh, one sheet of paper on top of another from here to the moon. Everything you do every day from the time you start, it builds upon what I call your credibility. Our, our product in real estate is credibility. That's all we really have. People come to you and say, hey, John, what do you think? That's why we're in business. And the main uh, thing that you do is keep your listing stock up because from the listings come the buyers and it just goes one thing after another. I could tell you a little uh, story about myself. You know, you are, you are who you are and you're taking yourself with you no matter where you work and who you work for. So there's been about uh, five or six different events in my life that made things, made me who I am from the very beginning. When I was a little tight going to Sunday school, I can remember this just like it was yesterday. A little, our Mrs. Marquis, the old preacher's wife that taught Sunday school, she told us the story of the Good Samaritan. And I can remember distinctly right then in second grade saying, wow, I want to be like that guy who helped the other guy. And it changed my personality from that point forward. So that was a huge event in my life. So, you know, when you, when you go in one direction, you, you shift direction, you, you keep going that direction. You could have gone this way, you could have gone that way, but if you end this up this way, it becomes the path of success. Another thing that happened to me is uh, maybe when I was eight, nine, 10 years old, over in Olean, my mother said to me, uh, hey, go down to the dikes and go across the South Union Street Bridge and hike up to the top of the hill, and there's huckleberries on the top of the hills. They have huckleberries in Canada. Probably do. Not in the concrete jungle. Yeah, they, the huckleberries are eeny tiny blueberries, you know. These days they're huge, but back then she said, pick two quarts of huckleberries and don't eat the huckleberries. Bring them back and uh, we'll sell them to Mrs. Bartley, a lady who lived down the street from us for 10 cents a quart and put the uh, 10 cents in your savings account so you can go to college. So that was a huge uh, inspiration to me because from the time I was 10 or 11, my mother gave me that entrepreneurial spark, which is, you know, don't eat the huckleberries, put it in a savings account. By the time I was uh, 18 and went to Ithaca College, I had picked huckleberries, shoveled the walks, mowed lawns, paper route, learned to play the guitar, started a band, and I had enough money in my savings account to pay for a year and a half of Ithaca College. This is now in 1966. 1966, yeah. <laughs> so, and I always tell my friends it's very humorous. When I went, it was $3,100 a year to go to Ithaca College. Now it's $60,000 a year. So those huckleberries blew into what today's money is $90,000. 
So it's one hundred dollars for back in the back then. That's still a lot of money. That's a lot of huckleberries. That's a lot. Of, <laughs> that's pork, my goodness. <laughs> that's for sure. So the secret to any uh, business, I tell everybody, I'm 72 years old. I never had a real job my whole life because I ran my own band for 35 years, and then I've run my own real estate business for 36 years. And the uh, secret, of course, is having that entrepreneurial spirit, getting up every morning and going to work and having the attitude with a servant's heart, which is, you know, my mission is to help people's lives get better. That's, that's what I do all day. I don't sell real estate. I help their lives get better. If it's good for them to buy a house or an investment property, I encourage them to. If it's not good, I encourage them not to because uh, the other person's life is at the center of my care. Sure is. Yeah. Sure is. Do you do a lot of traditional advertising to create your business or you've been in business for so long it just comes to you now? That, that really is what I do. I do do billboards. I think that's important. You know, They say the purpose of advertising is to create your identity. You don't advertise houses, you advertise your own picture because everywhere I go in Broome County, people go, oh yeah, I know you, you're the real estate guy. So that's the purpose. That really is the purpose of advertising. Yes, you sell the house, but the real purpose of all advertising, including your MLS listings, is to generate your own credibility, generate your own, uh, uh, your own brand, really. That's what's going on because the more you do that, the more business comes your ways. You know, referrals are one thing, but just your general identity where people know so when they come upon you, whether it's through realtor.com leads or Zillow leads or, you know, your own website leads, which is everybody's on the internet these days, signs are still important because that's the same thing. It's that impact, that uh, impressions, they call that. So it's your top of mind aware of everybody in your area. When I look at the top, teams in our air in in any of the areas that i know of the top 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 are still doing old-fashioned marketing branding you know billboards mail drops um etc and even though they're doing everything online they're still doing all the traditional advertising yeah you want yep. to be top of mind aware for sure and when you look at the way the industry has evolved over the course of your lifetime um, That's a very big involvement from carrying the books around to wow. carrying your cell phone around. Right. Now, you know, you don't hold the inventory anymore, really. I mean, you don't hold the data. You know, the data is at the click of a button for anyone out there today. Um, if you were starting today, John, um, how would you go about generating business with the, with the competition and, and the internet? How would that change how you got started? Mm, that's an interesting question. Uh, I've found, I've found from even from word go with me, my mission has been to be the first out of the gate. My card has said since since I've had cards, it says instant service. Call call me now, and I answer the phone. Even today, I'm the last realtor in the United States to answer the phone. You know, I and I I just I just answer it all the time. When I'm awake, I tell everybody, I, if I'm awake, I answer. Just You can call me at 4.30 in the morning. I'll answer then, but I'm not going to call at 8.30 at night because I went to bed. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Would you, um, so, so today, I mean, you, you were the master, fran you had the master franchise rights for Exit Realty in 2002. Um, you know, different model than some of the tr traditional brands. Um, and, you know, we see some other 
brands that have adopted the model um, today. Um, how would you advise, would you advise agents to, you know, doesn't matter what model they're in, would you advise them to generate leads online? Would you advise them to, you know, mail drop, door knock, which may not be a good idea in the COVID era? Yeah, I've never, I've never door knocked, although the guys who do it consistently, whatever you decide to do, yeah. you should do it consistently. I tell everybody the story of uh, when I was in first grade, I had to go to the hospital for a little thing I had done. And interestingly enough, from that point, from first grade till I graduated from high school, I never missed a day of school. Hmm. So the continuity, I think, is the very, very important in your own real estate career. Uh, and, and you can't start and stop and start and stop because when you stop, you just have to start over again. It's always continuity. And this is true in your, in your daily effort as well as the effort between your clients, your people, your buy, buyers that you're working with. You know, if you go to, uh, when you take your real estate course, they talk about uh, procuring cause, right? Procuring cause is the uninterrupted chain of events that leads to a sale. The key thing there being uninterrupted. If you don't keep contact up, you drop off the face of the earth. And the way people are today, you know, if you don't call them back in 19 seconds or text them back in 19 seconds, they're off and running. Even as much as I do it, you know, you can't keep up with everybody all the time. I had two leads for a house yesterday. I called one 10 minutes after they texted me and they were already had made the appointment with somebody else. So that's just the way it is today. So you have to. Be quick, but you have to have enough leads so the ones that fall through still give you plenty. If you really got to keep that pipeline full today, you know, back in the day when we first got started, I met this this lady um, who was with another brand, and <clears throat> she said uh, she's made a whole career out of having 250 people in her database, and that was it. And and she said that's all you need. And then I look at today and. All the top people that I speak with today have thousands of people in their database. There's no way they could survive off 200 people today because there's just so much competition. Mm -hmm. I have about uh, 16,000 phone numbers in my phone. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, there's different, I, I've studied and looked at all the coaches there are yep. and, they all, and they all have viable system. And it's like this, the system that works is the system you work. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I have my own way of doing it, but uh, there's all these other ways are also viable systems. The, guy, the lady with the 250, if you massage them, like they say, uh, you know, talk to them, you know, six touches every 90 days, all that stuff, that certainly does work too. It all depends who your 250 people are. That's right. You know, I've, I've, I've always been – First out of the gate, I'll show anybody anything, anywhere, anytime. But our marketplace, you know, 20 minutes gets you everywhere I'm going to go from where I am. So it's, it's easier to do it there. It isn't like Toronto where it's an hour and a half drive for six blocks. It's you know, we, call, yeah, we call two people at a stop sign a, a traffic jam around here. You know? you know, I was out with clients on Saturday. Um, I was in the car for probably 10 hours you the know, geographic area that we were looking at and how many houses did you see um so that that uh ninth to the 10th hour we'll take that way that was a revisit but for the first clients we saw nine houses 
Um, we were about eight and a half hours. Yeah, so an hour a house. Around here, it's 10 minutes a house. Well, by the time you commute and you drive and... Yeah, you know, I, can show, I can show 10 houses in two hours. Yeah, yeah. Without blinking, because they're closer together and there's no traffic in between. Of course, I have to sell 10 to equal the commission for year one, so... <laughs> <laughs> it definitely depends on the market for sure. When you look yeah. at um, either going, starting as an individual agent, joining a team, what would you do today? Well, I've been asked this question a lot of times. And the first thing I would say to anybody is if you're going to start in, the first thing you should do is hire an assistant to do the paperwork. I work with, with uh, I, I employ, you know, actually employ. Uh, four different uh, folks, women who work for me that just take care of the paperwork. One, one, one does the contracts and talk and uh, helps the customers through the paperwork. Another one does the marketing. Another one does all the closing inspection hassles. And I and I bring they bring me in when I have to, not all the time. Hmm. You know, to take care of the all the processing flow. My mission is to stay out in the field, shaking hands, smiling telling them I love them and let's go look at another house. So you don't even sign a listing contract or a buyer contract that the girls do we, around here. Most, I don't know if anybody does that around here. By the time you can explain a buyer contract, I can show them five houses and sell them a house. Got it. Got it. And people are, our, our board of realtors is very friendly. Nobody steals each other's buyers. Yeah. Cause it's a small town and, you know, we, that's just the way we are. It's a great bunch of people. We have about 300 active agents and they're nice folks, all of them. Got it. Got it. When you look at the, um, so if your son was to start today and you didn't have the, the brokerage, what advice would you give him today to get started in the business? Well, like I said, the first thing I'd do is have him get an assistant to do the paperwork. But and if he has no business, what's the sense of having an assistant? Well, as soon as you get the first contract, yeah. don't get caught up in all the minutiae that goes on there. Go find another buyer. Find I mean, it. obviously, you'd have to uh, do your Realtor.com, Zillow leads, and your marketing. And uh, just as, as a for instance, I'll give you a for instance. Yesterday, I was in the subway between showings grabbing a sub. And there was a guy standing behind me, nice fellow. We got talking a little bit. And uh, I bought his lunch, gave him my card. Now, who's he going to call for when he goes to sell his house, whether it's this year or 10 years from now? It's just <laughs> simple. Just t tell everybody that you're with, keep your image up, keep your uh, credibility up. Make sure you're acting with total integrity all the time. You know? And if you have their interests at heart, it comes easy. You know, if, you're, if your personality is such that you're really there to make their lives better, it comes through because I really do believe that. Where I go to church, it says love one another. So that's how I do it. I call it everybody that uh, I say, I'm in the real estate ministry. Selling houses is just part of it. There's many, many times you're sitting at the kitchen table with the widow, the friend, the distraught person, and you're there. You're there as much as the pastor is, as much as you're other people are. You're just a, a person in their life that's right at that point. Maybe you can get them over this way instead of that way. It's great. That's wonderful. And that is the, our job is to serve people to the best of our ability. When yeah. you look at the industry itself, um, 
do you see um, it continuing in the direction that it's doing or will the traditional real estate models um, go by the wayside? Because there is some, some changes happening out there with certain companies and we're seeing some, uh, some change. And do you well, see- There certainly are people trying to take our job away. When I first started in uh, 1984, I was to an exchanger group. You know what that is? Like a B&I? Well, back then it was like the commercial guys that got together and okay. passed leads around and educated each other and da-da-da. Back then, you know, Help You Sell came around. And everybody says, oh, my God, this is going to be the end of real estate. And then came the Internet, and everybody said, oh, my God, it's going to be the end of real estate. Well, here we are, and there's 17 other things, and who knows? It depends on, you know, the way the robotic, the robots are running everything. But I still think the the more technological people get, the more they need the personal touch, the more they need the personal advice. I tell everybody, you know, it used to be the agricultural age back 500 years ago. Then it became the industrial age. And then they said, oh, no, we're out of the industrial age. Now we're in the information age. And I say, okay, but the information age is over with. What we're in is the explanation age. Because you can have all the data in the world. If you, now, you're a very smart guy. And how long have you been selling real estate? About 10 years. 10 years, okay. I'm still a freshman or a sophomore, we'll call you. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. But if you came, you came to Binghamton, greater Binghamton, where I am, as smart as you are, you'd be scratching your head going, hey, John, what do you think of Laurel Avenue? What do you think of the house over on Griswold? You're right. See, I've been up and down those streets for 35 years. I know everything there is to know about them. So, but you're as, as experienced as you are, you'd still be asking me, hmm, what do you think about that one over on Laurel? You're absolutely right. I would. So I, that, that's really the crux of our skill, our wisdom. We sell our wisdom as much as we sell anything. We're here for our credibility is based upon the wisdom we really have. And yes, we can't predict the future because everybody says, how long will it take for you to, see, you to sell my house? I said, right up to the day somebody buys it. I'll let you know when that happens. You know, you know everybody wants us to be a wizard, but we can only do what we can do. Why is it that, you know, in the, in the game of real estate, we have maybe a 90% churn rate in the, in the, in the business, meaning that 90% of agents will leave the business within the five-year period of time. It's actually 82%, but yes, you're right. That's what it is in the United States. And I've done the statistics. Uh, I've been the MLS chairman of our board for 25 years. So I've done the statistics where uh, right around 80 to 82% drop out after five years. That's because, They've dropped out before that. They just keep paying their license. Yeah, right. Well, that's because it's the same, you know, hyperbolic curve like anywhere where, you know, uh, 20% of the people make 80% of the money. I think the way it is in our board, and I've done that uh, statistic, I think 16% of our board members do 50% of the deals. Hmm. And then the next 16% do 25% of the deals. So you have 33% of the people doing 75% of the deals. So two-thirds of the people are dividing up 25% of the market. And it's a, it's a smooth curve, you know, from the people who do two deals a year to the people who do 12 deals a year. And you can't make a living on 12 deals a year. Our average commission would be about a couple of thousand. A couple of thousand. Well, yeah, for yeah. the agent. And when you look at, is it, is it mindset or is it, 
like what why why what's the difference i think, I think that's the natural course of events note I mean, I came out of the music business. Look what that curve has turned into. Paul McCartney makes all the money. Yeah. You know, and, and even the even the well-known famous people, they're way down the curve in terms of money. It's that curve runs that's <laughs> like this because of the way the technology, YouTube and all that, the music business is evaporated for the most part. You know, professional, I know professional guys who went into the music business, you know, wonderful people, 25 years old, you know, fantastic drummers, and he makes $18,000 a year on tour with, with acts. Yeah. So, I mean, it's the same thing. It's insane. When you look at the industry itself, why are we still having so much business occurring during the time of COVID? That is the wildest card of all. I have no idea and an explanation of that. My suspicions are three, threefold. One is, I sold a house to a guy yesterday. He got a 2.85 interest rate. Mm -hmm. Outrageous. It's the lowest rates in my lifetime. And I've been around a long time. Is that a 30-year? 30-year, 2.85. So we're at about 1.75 and a five-year. Wow. They're giving the money away. And so that's, but I think also the millennials have all woke up. That's the second factor. The millennials are now 35 years old. You know, my son's 38, so he's right. He's a little bit ahead of that. But the 25 to 35s of, and they're supposedly a larger uh, bubble than we were as uh, baby boomers. I come out of the baby boom bunch, so the millennials are even larger than we are, and they're finally getting into their 30s and saying, "Hey, time to buy a house. Can't help myself because." Rents higher than you have that inverted thing where you can buy a house for a thousand a month when the rent's twelve hundred or fifteen hundred a month around here anyway. Same story. And the third thing is because of the COVID, we're seeing some flight from the central from New York City, Long Island, Westchester County. We're seeing some of that coming into upstate New York, which I've always said I don't know why anybody lives down there anyway when it's so beautiful up here. We can, you live we can, in one of the most beautiful places in the country, for sure. We can sell you a, really, a nice enough house, very livable house for $50,000. <laughs> a mortgage is $225 a month plus the taxes. The taxes are $400 a month, and the mortgage is two twenty-five. dollars <laughs> Well, we're um, not allowed to go across the border today, so I'm going to be down there. Yeah. So I think those are the three things that are going on. But our inventory has never been this low. Got we it. typically have around 1,100 houses for sale, residentials, and we're down less than 500. Wow. If you were to start today, would you start a brokerage again? Um, well, that, that all depends on your personality. Even when I started my first brokerage, I hired the broker because inherently I'm a salesperson, not a manager. Got it. It's a different personality. Management is a totally different thing than than sales, you know, and you got to do what you like to do because if you don't like what you're doing, you're not going to be very good at it. So That's right from where jump, I employed a broker to operate the company, and then about uh, nine years ago, my son took over as the broker, and he's done fantastically well. He went to college to be a pastor, and uh, after graduation, he calls me up and says, "Dad, I got two job offers: one for nothing, one for twenty bucks a week." I said, I guess you'll join the real estate ministry with me. I'm going to ask you a question that's kind of on my heart right now. 
And um, have at it. Your business model with Exit, right? It's a um, it's basically a direct sales model that allows you to build organizational teams to take to work together to grow your uh, not only your sales business but you know create a residual um, income stream on the back end. Um, and of course, there's a couple other companies out there today. I won't name them, but who are you know similar in model. Um, when I look at those models versus the um, traditional brokerages, um, I'm surprised that your models have not taken over the entire industry. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan. And um, do you think that the business models that you guys have and a couple other companies have similar models will take over the industry? I think the way society today is that, because of the technological aspect of our world, I think you just get more splintering all the time. You know, everybody's ideas keep on growing. And, and part of me as a uh, capitalist entrepreneurial thinker my whole life, I say, hallelujah, welcome yep. everybody. Knock yourself off. Try it any way you want. Because, yep. you know, I think, but the exit system has been fantastic to me, I think. I, and I do scratch my head and say, how come everybody doesn't do this? Because fundamentally, the, the brokerage shares 80% of the profit with the people who help recruit in. You know, the brokerage runs on a very thin margin. Both my son and I sell houses as the owners of the company, and we put all the money that the company generates back into the agents because we look at it as a, as a clearinghouse for our own business and a clearinghouse for the agent's business. And we're just help them to make their lives better. So our, our model extends personally right through that uh, personal ethic that we have, which is we're here to make everybody's lives better, including our agents. So even, even though we share, you know, the way it works, they get 10% of the people they bring in and most brokerages don't even make 10%. So, you know, on the traditional model, if, if they have to pay managers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, you know, it's just the margins are very thin for all brokerages through the whole country. You got to be gigantic to, to keep anything at the tail end of it, which is all business models. You just keep what's left after you risk everything. After you risk everything. Yeah. I think one of the biggest brokerages in Canada, about 18,000 agents. And I think the corporate side, um, I think their, their profit is around 6%. Yeah. And then we give away uh, 10% of it. Right. So, you know, we, we operate when all the smoke clears, we operate on around 16%. 16%. But once again, we're in a marketplace where the average sale is 110,000. So the average commission is around 3,300, 16% of 3,300. We're in for, you know, three, two or three, $400 a deal. Average. Right. You better be moving. Yes. Yeah, so that's why you got to just keep on, so Bob and I make our living selling houses and the rest of it goes into helping their agents get better. It's amazing. Well, I really appreciate you spending some time. Some of the, my takeaways this morning are um, you better continue to advertise. You better be top of mind consistently. Um, you better do the right job for people above and beyond worrying about the transaction and you better keep in contact with people. Um, or else you're going to lose them. Absolutely. 
Yeah. One other, you asked me about things I would do. Here's a real important one is uh, when I was in high school, because of where my father worked, I had the choice of either walking through the snow and getting there or riding with him 45 minutes an hour earlier than school started. And what just uh, circumstantially happened is there was about seven, eight, nine of us, 10 of us, perhaps that kids that came to school early, this is high school. Yeah. And we developed, <coughs> we would go up and we'd sit behind the auditorium stairs because that was the only place there was to sit in the hallways. And we all did our homework together. So this really is what, you know, Napoleon Hill calls a mastermind group. Mm -hmm. And of those people that sat on those stairs with us in the morning that did our homework and helped each other and coached each other, about, I think, I think every one of them was in the top 10 of the class. So I encourage anybody to join a mastermind group. My son actually started one eight or nine years ago, which still goes now with the COVID, they haven't been able to meet. But it was, for him, it was the young professionals, you know, the insurance guy, the financial guy, the you know, contractor guy, and they just had once a, once a week, they had lunch together. I think maybe once every two weeks, they had lunch together, passed leads around. It's a, it was at his own personal, it's not a BNI thing, because that's too regimented, but it was on his whole group of friends, the serve influence that you have. And he's made, you know, half of his, half of his deals came from his uh, mastermind group. So that's one of the things I would do immediately, no matter what age you are, go start your own mastermind. Okay. I think it's great advice. What book would you, uh, three books that you'd recommend for someone um, starting today? Uh, first of all, the Bible. I'm yeah. a hallelujah guy, if you can't tell already. Uh, second would be uh, Napoleon Hill's book, and the third, the little one, is called uh, um, "As a Man Thinketh." Robert Allen, James Allen, James Allen. That's right. Robert Allen was the nothing down guy, right? He was. <laughs> <laughs> You're too young to remember that. Robert no, I, I used to read a lot growing up, and um, yeah, you know, my one of my favorites is "As a Man Thinketh," and I know it's a little bit gender biased. One of my favorite parts in that manuscript was. The soul attracts what it secretly fears. Yep. And, um, it was one of the most compelling lines that it's always stuck in my head. So, Well, the other thing I would say is, too, is three. You asked me for three books. I'd say, look, read every book you can get your hands on. Read, read everybody. You know, and, you know, it's amazing today. You can go on YouTube and you can see all the fantastic coaches. They all tell you 90% of what they have to say for free. And just go on and just put in real estate coaching, real estate uh, salespeople. There's thousands of them. And they all have their own way of saying the same things over and over and digest it down and learn to. The other thing I tell everybody that when I'm coaching them is, why do we get paid, I ask them. And the answer is because we know what to say. Mm -hmm. Learn the language. Because if you say the right thing, say the right thing, say the right thing, say the right thing, you get the check. If you say the right thing, say the right thing, say the wrong thing, oops. You lose the check. I agree. So it's all in the language and learn what to say and how to say it in your own wonderful, sweet way. Well, I appreciate you very much. Thank you very much for spending some time with us today. Um, I know our listeners will take a lot away um, from, from what you've said and the experience that you've garnered over the course of um, a lifetime of buying and selling real estate. So thank you very much. If someone wanted to get in touch with you down in the Finger Lakes region, what's the best, best way to reach you? 
Well, you can call me anytime, 607-760-5000. That's a great number, isn't it? It is a great number. <laughs> I've had it for 30 years. 607-760-5000 or john at exitnys.com. Perfect. John at exitnewyorkstate.com. Well, John, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. You have yourself an amazing Monday, and I wish you nothing but the best over the next six months. God bless you. Have a great day. You too. Thanks for tuning in to today's show. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in seeing if you are fit to work with Peak Results Academy, here's what I want you to do next. Head over to peakresultsacademy.com slash call. That's peakresultsacademy.com slash call and book an appointment to speak with our team. We'll get on the phone with you for about 45 minutes and get you crystal clear on three things. Number one, what do you really want out of life and your business? Number two, what is not working for you today? And number three, the exact strategy you should be using to create massive change in these areas. Remember, changing your life and creating massive results does not happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make it happen. We're helping clients all over the world create peak results in their health, in their businesses, and in their personal lives. To see if we can help you do the same, head over to peakresultsacademy.com call. We'll chat soon.